Welcome to the Adventure for Good podcast. We're your hosts, Chris and Kim. In June 2018, we both left our careers at the age of 31 and started traveling with the mission of finding and creating work locally in the United States and around the world that inspires us while helping other people and the environment. This podcast documents our adventures as well as highlights the inspirational people that we meet along the way. We hope you enjoy. Well, welcome to the very first episode of the Adventure for Good podcast. We're Chris and Kim, your hosts, and we are excited to bring you this episode. We started originally with Adventure for Good as a blog and decided that for a number of reasons, we don't want to do that anymore. (laughs) Mainly, we discovered that trying to write blog posts while you're traveling is time consuming and we're not the best writers and we're also the biggest one is we don't really like to do it. So therefore, we wanted to transition our blog to a podcast. These first couple episodes are going to sort of recap um, who we are, what Adventure for Good is, why we're doing Adventure for Good. And it's going to be very similar to the first few blog posts, but uh, rather than you reading them, you get to hear us blabber on about them. (laughs) So uh, just because you read them doesn't mean you don't want to listen to them. Yeah. We think. Of course. And, you know, we are not going to be retiring the blog either. We're going to keep it a website, but our blog posts will be podcast episodes and show notes, which will include um, photos and any numbers if we talk about budgets and also links to resources that we mentioned in the podcast. So definitely check those out. Our website, which will be in the description for the podcast, but it's adventure, the number four, good.com. The same as the name of this podcast. Yeah, and so from a from a very high level perspective, what the idea behind Adventure for Good is to do slow travel around the world and and within the United States where we're from to find organizations who are doing good things either for local communities or for the planet or maybe a combination of the two and to work with those organizations, see how they operate interview maybe the people who work there or people who have worked there or volunteered there to hear their stories and to hear about the organization or, or maybe even you know people who have been impacted by the organization so sort of a, a way to get out and see the way that people are giving back in their communities and giving back in the world be a part of it ourselves and then share it with everybody else yep Before we talk a little bit more about Adventure for Good and kind of the plan for what we're doing, we wanted to step back and give a little bit of background of who we are. So I'm Kim and I'm 31 years old and Chris likes to point out that uh, I'm six months older, but you're 31 right now as well. Yep, for a few more months. (laughs) And we got married in... August of 2012. You don't remember the month. (laughs) As I recall. And yeah, it's been blissful ever since. Yeah. Yeah. We've had our challenges, but it's been really good. And so even before that, we met in middle school. We went to a very small high school in a very small, isolated, sheltered little town in mid-Michigan. And we were 13 when my family moved to, to your town. Yeah, my town. and uh, Where you were living. And then we ended up going to the same university, uh, Michigan Tech University, up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan for engineering. I went for electrical engineering. and I came. went for environmental engineering. And 
So in the... Well, we started, we were good friends in high school, and then we started dating in college. I feel like that's point a important point to point out. We did not start dating when we were 13. That is valid. <laughs> so our second year of university, we both sort of independently decided we wanted to study abroad. And we independently picked where we were going to go and what university, and we wound up being at the same university in Australia. And so we spent four or five months in the spring of 2007 going to school and traveling around Australia together because most of the other people in our study abroad program spent the whole time drinking. So. I know. Which, there was, that was fun, like, to do once or twice, but we had a lot more fun traveling and seeing the country together. And so being in the same place was actually a huge blessing because we had a travel buddy and a friend uh, to see the country with. Yeah, so after we got home, we were sort of hooked. We wanted to find more ways to travel. Yeah, that was both of our first exposure to international travel, besides Canada. And that really, I think, really, really impacted us and was like, we were both wanted to see what else was out there. Yeah, and so we started looking for programs at Michigan Tech that would allow us to do that or or allow us to travel more. And we discovered Engineers Without Borders in that Michigan Tech had a pretty active chapter of Engineers Without Borders. And we both quickly got involved with a uh, safe drinking water project in uh, Bolivia where we had uh, Engineers Without Borders partnered with an, an organization in Bolivia called Eta Projects, which... That name will be important later. But yes, remember Etta Projects. <laughs> they, um, we were working to try and bring safe drinking water via a water filtration system to a couple of communities outside of the city of Santa Cruz. And through this, we both at various times had opportunities to come down and spend our spring breaks working in these communities and working with the people, working with the organization, getting to know everybody, and and really sort of seeing a world that we had never really seen before. Again, growing up in mid-Michigan and middle-class families, we were both fairly sheltered from anything in the developing world. And, and even when we traveled to Australia, we never really saw this sort of this side of the world. Right. And so it was very, uh, very eye-opening for both of us and actually shaped sort of the rest of our university time as well. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to have us win a scholarship to travel to Ecuador for a week with Water for People, the organization. And we went and I observed the whole time and just visited these communities and the water systems they had installed there, which was fascinating. And I learned so much. Um, we also both participated in the program at Michigan Tech that was International Senior Design. And I came to Bolivia, and Chris went to Panama for that program. We were extremely fortunate that our university had these international programs um, because I think they definitely shaped where we're at today. We graduated in May of 2010 uh, with degrees in engineering, and I traveled to Tanzania in Africa for two months to do some research there, and Chris moved out to Washington, D.C. area to start working. And that really wasn't our original plan. No, we had planned to enroll in a master's degree program, uh, which would take us into the Peace Corps, and we would probably spend the next 
three to four years doing development work within the confines of a master's program and and the Peace Corps. And sort of after graduating or as we sort of snuck up on graduation, we started to look at uh, how much money we didn't have and, <laughs> yeah. and how much money we owed the government for our student loans and decided that we wanted to keep doing this type of work, but that we would probably be a lot more effective at it if we weren't stricken with uh, over $50,000 in student loans, which I know some people might think that's a lot and some people might scoff at that and think that they have double or triple. So it's, you know, it's not a tiny number, especially when you're looking at graduating and then potentially not making any money at all for the next four or five years. So we decided that rather than do the Peace Corps and, and continue doing development work, we would work for a couple of years, pay off our loans, and then go and do our traveling. And, yeah, and so we weren't giving up on our goals. We were postponing them. Yep. And so our original plan was work for two or three years maybe, and we would we knew we'd have enough money then to go and travel. And then <laughs> after after those first two years, we, we were, again, we were living out outside of D.C., yeah, um, after I went to Tanzania, I came back and moved out there and got a job. We worked out there for two years, which was a great experience, but it is very expensive to live out there. So. Yeah, and, and after the first two years, we realized we didn't we hadn't saved up enough money to go and do what we wanted to do. In fact, we were still we still owed money on our student loans. Yeah. So we, but we knew we again we still we wanted to do this some type of travel, some type of giving back, and some type of. Uh, charitable work. So we moved back to Michigan to be closer to our families with with it in mind that in the next two years we were going to go yeah. and then we were going to stop working and travel. So we wanted to have those two years to be with our families and, and spend time together rather than being 10 hours away. Right. So we moved back to Michigan in the summer of 2012 and we also got married <laughs> one month after moving, which was a lot. Um, but we... Moved into an apartment and we hunkered down in what we thought was going to be two years. And um, that two years turned into six more years. And it wasn't necessarily our plan, but. Well, it became our plan. And, yeah. And part it, of that. A lot was, of reasons. Yeah. Part of that was we um, discovered the. There's some online blogs that are focused around financial independence and retiring early we never reached financial independence or we haven't yet, but no. we, I guess, I don't think we're actually retired either. So <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we didn't achieve either of those goals, but we sort of started realizing that if, if you keep your expenses low and you don't spend a ton of money going out to eat and buying fancy cars and buying houses and all this stuff that you can actually save a pretty good amount of money. And at a certain point you may not need to work for 50 years. And yeah. And again, this is sort of a function of uh, you know, the, the jobs you have and the, the way that you live your life. And again, it, it's not necessarily possible for everyone. And, and we're going to talk in the next episode more of the financial specifics of how we got to be where we are and, and actually where we are financially. But it's just important to know that we sort of discovered that about two years after moving back and realized that within the next three to four years, we we might be able to hit that financial independence number most likely not but we would be in a position that you know looking at the projections that 
we could probably quit our jobs and have a cushion of, you know, two or three years worth of money saved up that if we spent it wisely, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have to work or we could work selectively. Right. Yeah, that was our overall goal. And we did end up paying off our student loans three years after we graduated, which was really exciting for us. And then we went to work saving. And like Chris said, we discovered the FIRE community. And then the other thing that happened is in 2014, my dad had a severe and extremely unexpected um, hemorrhagic stroke. And that landed him in the hospital for um, 10 weeks, plus a lot, many years of recovery and therapy and uh, he's doing great now, um, but we wanted to stay close for that, close to home. We were an hour away from the hospital and from where my parents live and wanted to be able to be there and help. So we ended up living in Michigan longer than we originally planned for a bunch of reasons, but those were some of the bigger ones. Um, also, Chris happened to change jobs quite a few times. <laughs> right. and, and, every t- and every time he changed jobs, he wanted to stay there. Um, at least a year or two to give them some of, I guess, a benefit of having you, right? Yeah, it seemed respectable. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, long story short, F, you know, last fall, fall of 2017, actually probably summer of 2017, Yeah. we started to realize that, you know, we wanted to go and do this, and if we didn't do it, we were just going to keep making up excuses, and we were never going to leave. And we both turned 32. I think that kind of was like, oh my gosh, years are escaping us. Yeah, at least you. You turned 30. <laughs> you did too, hon. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so we got back in touch with uh, Penny, the the founder of Etta Projects. and Yeah, remember Etta Projects? We mentioned them about 10 minutes ago. And, <laughs> and she basically said, well, we've... We've recently purchased this community uh, training center, community transformation center in Bolivia, and we need we need people like you to come down and help us design projects and implement projects at the community center that other people in the community can then see as uh, models for things that they could do to their houses. So examples of, would be like solar hot water, rainwater catchment, drip irrigation systems, uh, gray water treatment systems, so different different projects that that we might be able to help design and implement here, that could then again be shown and and utilized in the local communities. And so, we kind of went to work putting together a plan of how we could get here. And and I guess you keep saying here. Spoiler yeah, we're, alert: We're at at our projects in Bolivia at the moment while we're recording this. <laughs> which is probably not a huge spoiler to some people. No. <laughs> Any to like eighty percent of the people listening. <laughs> listening, but yeah, they know us and they know where we're at. Anyway, <laughs> so so that plan sort of came to fruition in the in the way that in May of twenty eighteen we both resigned from our engineering positions, and in on June fourth we. I uh, got on an airplane and flew to Quito, Ecuador. Without a return ticket. With We bought a one-way plane ticket. And, yeah. you know, before that, again, we mentioned we had an apartment. We emptied the apartment out. We sold most of our stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we put some stuff in a little, like, 6 by 10 covered storage trailer. And then we let our parents uh, sort of pilfer off the top. <laughs> TVs. I think, I think we begged our parents to take yeah. our stuff. <laughs> 
TVs, beds, and that type of stuff that we didn't yeah. want to store in there. So, And then my parents were awesome enough and yours to store some of our things. The yep. trailer as well as our bikes are at our parents' houses. So, Yeah, so we got on an airplane and we flew to Quito, Ecuador. And from Quito, we flew out to the coast of Ecuador. And basically, the, the plan for the at least the first six months was... Um, we wanted to do slow travel again, doing some volunteer work and, and spending some decent amount of time in each location. So yeah. the, the, f- the other key part of our plan was that we wanted to arrive at Etta projects, which was what we were building this plan around with a little bit of Spanish. Neither of us have had much Spanish in our background, a little bit here and there, but we wanted to spend two or three two and a half months learning Spanish and being immersed in South American culture before coming to Etta Projects. And in Bolivia, and for the United States citizens, it's easiest to stay for 90 days um, out of a calendar year. So therefore, we started in Ecuador so that we could maximize our time in Bolivia. Yeah, and so the, the first month, we kind of wanted a month of decompressing from the the craziness that was leaving our jobs and getting on an airplane. So we used a website called Workaway, and we're going to talk uh, in much more depth about our first month in Ecuador and then our month in Peru. On uh, future episodes. Yeah, on future episodes. But basically, there's a website called Workaway, which allows people who have a need for volunteers or people to come help work with them to put out like an ad and say, hey, I I need help doing this, this, and this. And in return... You get a free place to stay, probably your meals covered or at least a portion of them. And it's sort of a way for people to skirt around like working visas and mm-hmm. needing to make an income while they travel. So we can you can sort of travel at a neutral cost. Yeah, it's a much more cost effective way to travel than staying at hostels uh, or hotels as you go. Um, so we spent the first five weeks actually in a work away on the coast of Ecuador, which like Chris said, we'll talk about in a future episode. After that, we went to Chachapoyas, Peru in the northern high jungle of Peru with the goal of doing a second work away. As we, we did do a work away yeah. for five days. <laughs> for five days. It didn't exactly work out as planned. Um, which which, which we'll, you'll learn about in a future episode. <laughs> which you'll learn about in a future episode. Um, so we ended up only being in Chachapoyas for two weeks instead of the four weeks. Um, and then we went and changed our plans a little bit and decided that we were not learning the Spanish we wanted to learn um, by just traveling and being in a place. So we decided to go to a Spanish school. And we decided to do that in Sucre, Bolivia, because we heard rumors that they were very good schools there and the Spanish in Bolivia is generally slower than other countries. It's easier to learn. Yeah. And so all this to say, and again we're gonna go into more depth there, but the the point of us traveling at this type of a pace, which is typically three to four weeks in a location and volunteering as we go. It's allowing us to get to know a location better and it also keeps our cost really low. So our budget for roughly one year of travel we left in on June 4th. We're aiming to be back in the U.S. sometime around June and of 2019. Of 2019. Our budget for that one year of travel is $10,000. So in order to hit that budget, which we'll talk much more about in the next couple episodes, we needed to basically find ways to stay 
places for free or very cheap and to eat for free or very cheap. And so this was one of the best ways that we were able to find that, that we work could away. accomplish that. Yeah, work away. When we left Michigan on June 4th, our plan was to spend a month in Ecuador, a month in Peru, and then come to Bolivia for three months, and then we didn't know. But we ha- that has changed a little bit. We decided to go to Spanish school, and then we came to Edda Projects. So we are currently at Edda Projects at their Community Transformation Center, um, living in the middle of the jungle. So if you hear any background birds or crickets or noises, that is what that is. We're literally... In the jungle. (laughs) And it's 100 degrees. It's very, very warm. But that's what you wanted. Yep. That's true. (laughs) So you can't complain. I didn't complain. I was just stating (laughs) it is 100 degrees. So moving forward with the podcast, the idea is, again, share our stories, but but more importantly is going to be sharing interviews so we've actually done a few interviews with some people we've met um traveling and you know one for example is a british family that it's a a husband and wife and their kids traveling and they're traveling for i think a year yeah and so Mm -hmm. it's really interesting to hear how they're doing it with kids so all of you people listening that are saying oh i could never do that i've got kids so you can (laughs) shut your pie holes you can do it uh sorry that was a little violent. That <laughs> was a little bit extreme. <laughs> um, but, you know, the episode number two is going to be an in-depth look at our budget, uh, how we decided on the budget, and... How we got here in the first place, yeah, too. What we did over the eight years to yep. make it possible to quit our jobs and be financially comfortable for a couple of years while we keep our costs low. Financially comfortable, yet extremely stressed out. Yes, all the, <laughs> every day. <laughs> so... So yeah, we'll we'll talk a little bit about that. Actually, we'll talk a lot a bit about that. And then after that, we're going to go in depth into what we did in Ecuador, what that first workaway looked like. Uh, the next episode is what happened in Peru and why that workaway was a disaster zone. Yeah. And what we did in Peru after we left the workaway. We're going to talk about what we did in Sucre on an episode. And then we got some interviews, and then we're going to talk about what's going on here in Bolivia. So, again, we're going to put out an episode roughly every two weeks. Yep, the goal is every two weeks on Mondays, and we'll see how it goes. We want to share our story and share helpful hints um, that for travelers along the way that we discovered, and also share and highlight people doing good things in the world, and that's what we're trying to find and highlight. And we're really excited to turn this blog into a podcast. And hopefully um, you all find it interesting and fun to listen to as well. Yeah, so if you have any feedback for us, if you want to say hi to us, uh, if you basically, if for any reason, want to reach out, <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe you're doing something exciting and you want us to interview you, that'd be awesome too. So just... Go over to our website at adventureforgood.com. Also, we have uh, an Instagram, so we've never done that before. We're learning how Instagram works, so mm-hmm. check that out. We are... At underscore adventure for good, the number four. Yep. On Instagram, and you can find us on Facebook as well. Yeah, basically just go to our website, and there's links to everything. You can also email us. Our email is adventureforgood at gmail.com. Or just go to our website and there's links for everything. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I think at that, we'll maybe stop rambling and we will see everybody in episode two where we talk budgets, money, and how we got here. And how we got here financially. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.